You are listening to the Connect Over Coffee podcast, the show that brings you hope and inspires you to embrace the spirit of overcoming. Each month, we deliver the latest and greatest information on progress and advances in ovarian cancer screening, diagnosis, treatment, and survivorship. Now here's your host, Runsi Sen. Let's connect over coffee. Hello, overcomers, and welcome to this episode of Connect Over Coffee podcast. I'm Runsi, the founder of Overcome, and today we are joined by a very special guest, a very special overcomer, Lee Meineke. So Lee has practiced law for over 40 years, and her current practice has an emphasis in business law, estate planning, and probates. So as I said, Lee is an overcomer. She's a member of our Survivorship Leadership Council, and she's a proud mom of two loving daughters. Welcome, Lee, to this episode of Connect Over Coffee. Such an honor and pleasure to have you. Hi, Runsi. It's great to be here. Thank you, Lee. So uh, before, you know, we get started on my other questions, I just would like to kick us off by asking you, tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know about. Well, what most people don't know is that I'm a, I'm a theater geek at heart. And um, I did theater in high school. Um, we went to, uh, to state my senior year and I was was nominated and placed on the all-star cast by the judges. And that love of theater has continued throughout my life. And so after, well, actually before I was diagnosed with, um, with ovarian cancer, I circled back around to a, a group that I had participated with before my uh, second daughter was born. And that group is called Night Court. And the group consists of all attorneys. And what the show does is the show presents original material and it, it primarily parodies of different things. And so we may take a very popular song and change the lyrics and the show is hysterical. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. And the best part about it is, is that the organization is, is a charitable organization and we raise money to uh, help those people who have difficulty accessing um, legal representation. And so it, uh, you know, not only is it a lot of fun, um, but it, it's for a good cause. And um, I, I've had a couple of friends that have been quite surprised <laughs> to see me <laughs> up on stage. <laughs> That's wonderful. It's like you said, it's not just fun and fabulous, but it is also with the, the purpose. So that's excellent. Thank you so much for sharing this, uh, this interesting fact about you. And, um, you know, we all know that you are an ovarian cancer survivor and overcomer who's overcoming extraordinarily for the past uh, five plus years, right? So tell yes. us uh, some of the things that if I if I went if you went back and you know if I were to ask you that Lee what what are some of the things you wish you knew prior to being diagnosed with ovarian cancer what would you share with our audience? You know that's sort of a difficult question because I think that the answer for most of it is most of us is that we wish we had known we were going to have cancer. Um, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 42 and she passed away at the age of 50. And 
I always thought that there was a chance that I might have breast cancer, but ovarian cancer never entered my mind. Mm -hmm. um, I had a great aunt that died of stomach cancer. And I learned the day before my surgery that she actually had died of ovarian cancer. And, you know, I sort of wish I had known more about my family history. Um, I don't know if that would have changed anything, but I, I might not have been quite as shocked. Mm. That makes sense. And so uh, this, this segues beautifully into my next question, which I was going to ask you with so much family history um, that you just shared with us, what gaps do you still see in genetic testing in women with ovarian cancer? And as a mutation carrier yourself, what would be your advice to those listening on how they can be more proactive about this? Well, you know, I'm always surprised when I hear, particularly someone with ovarian cancer, saying that they haven't had genetic testing. Um, I feel lucky because my, my doctor insisted that I get the testing immediately after we, we started um, our treatment. Um, he felt that was important to know so that we could, we could plan for the future. So I go every six months, I go to a breast surgeon and um, have her, she's monitoring me. And at this five year point, um, I am going to have to decide whether I want to continue with that monitoring or, or have a prophylactic mastectomy. But I wouldn't have that choice. It's a difficult decision, but I wouldn't have that choice if I hadn't been tested. Mm -hmm. And what's, what's interesting to me is that um, a lot of people don't want to be tested because they don't want to know. And, and I get that. I truly do. Um, but I'm a firm believer that knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I had known that I was a BRCA2 carrier, um, I would have done some things differently. I would have probably had, you know, my, my ovaries removed, had a hysterectomy, and I could have avoided this part of my journey. Um, but for me, what has been really important is that I have two daughters and I felt it was important. Actually, my genetic counselor felt, felt it was important that they be tested. At the time that they were tested, um, my youngest daughter was, I think, 24, and my oldest daughter was 28 or 29. They were both tested for BRCA, but they were tested for other things as well. Mm -hmm. And ironically, it turned out that one of my daughters is BRCA2, and the other one has a different, a different gene mutation, and it's called CHECK2. Mm -hmm. And with both of these, there is an increased risk of breast cancer. And so I'm a, I'm a big believer that if you've gone through this, you need to have your family tested. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That way they, they have options. They're being monitored and, and they have options. And the other thing that I, that I do is I'm, I attend everything I can and, and with, with a lot of these conferences being on Zoom, it's become much easier. 
but I attend every conference that I can to try and get whatever knowledge that I can so that I can share it with, with the girls so that they can make, they can make the necessary decisions. So my advice is if you, if you have cancer, get tested. There may be a mutation out there and you may, you may be saving someone else from going through the journey that you've had to go through. That's such a wonderful wisdom. Thank you for sharing, Lee. And so if I may ask, um, did your daughters take any steps towards uh, prevention after knowing that they carry the mutations? Well, you know, it was interesting. One of them wanted to be tested and the other one did not. And then it flipped. The one who didn't wanted to be tested and the one who did decided she didn't want to. In the end, they were both tested. Mm -hmm. And one thing I, I'm going to say to you is make sure that, that you feel comfortable with the genetic counselor that you're, that you're talking to. We were very fortunate. We had a young counselor. She connected with the girls. So the girls, we, we were sitting there and they were told they had these, these mutations and they were laughing. And I'm sitting there thinking, did I just hear what I thought I heard? Mm -hmm. And this, this young woman was able to impart to them that, yes, you have this mutation, but there are things that you can do about this. So their plan right now is, is they're being monitored every six months. And they will, you know, at some point, they will need to make a decision um, as to how they're gonna address it in the future. But it, you know, they were young, but they, they've handled it very well. And I, I just think that when that time comes for them to take that next step, I think they'll be, be able to do so. And, and as you said, knowledge is power, right? And so they do have the power by themselves right now with all this information for, for them to make an informed decision and choice uh, sometime in the future right. when the timing is appropriate for them. So right. that's right. wonderful. So, um, so tell us briefly, Lee, about your own journey of overcoming ovarian cancer and in your own words, how would you define and what does overcoming mean to you? Um, you know, I, I hear stories about how, how some of my sisters have been diagnosed and it, it's, it's heartbreaking that they had to go through hurdles in order to get that proper diagnosis. I, I, I was very lucky. My symptoms were overt and um, I knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was able to, to find a doctor that, um, that I had a lot of confidence in. And I think that's real important. And <laughs> I kind of test him because I, I continuously scour the internet for medical journals and, and articles and different things. And, and I, I sort of ask him questions and um, he always knows he always knows the answer and reconfirms what I what I find on my own. Mm -hmm. But I think that that having faith in your medical team is is I, I just can't say enough about how important that is. So I was real lucky with that. I got a lot of support. The, the primary thing that he told me when I started um, the journey I got on Facebook and I joined a Facebook group and I'm not real big on Facebook, but, but, you know, I, I, I just needed to talk to somebody and um, 
I'm, as I dove down deeper into Facebook, I started getting a little more and more scared and mm -hmm. concerned. And my doctor told me, get off of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, just don't, don't do that right now. So I got, I got a lot of good advice from, from them. And, you know, one of the things I, I bought a sign and that I have on my windowsill that's in my home office and it says, choose happy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are days when you have a pity party, right? You're like, why me? Um, uh, why did this happen? Um, you know, what are my kids going to do? And, and I think the most important thing is, is just, just put one foot in, in front of the other. And I've been fortunate because I am a survivor. And what I tell people is, is that when you when you're going through the journey, it's, it's hard. It's hard. We all know it. It's hard. But what's important is, is that when you're done with that journey, that you look forward and you continue to move forward and you, you know, you make your plans, you, you, you plan your work and work your plan. Mm -hmm. And that for me has been, I think, the, the most important thing. I've also done some things that, that uh, you know, I started working on my bucket list. Um, I ended up going to Saturday Night Live, live. I'd always wanted to do that. That was really cool, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> oh. which, ep which episode were you there for? Well, you know, the episode that I saw was um, the host was Chadwick Boseman. Oh, wow. You got to and, see Chadwick. Wow. Yes. And the music guest was Cardi B. Oh, so, my goodness. You, know, you struck gold with that. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> it was great. You need to go. It's really it's really amazing to watch. As soon as I get my hands on those tickets, Lee, I am I'm flying. <laughs> That's wonderful. So um, thank you for sharing your inspiration on on overcoming and also sharing your uh, pearls of wisdom with everyone listening. So I want to focus a little bit on your um, professional expertise for a second and uh, talk about estate planning, because um, like we know, you have had over four decades of experience and especially as a survivor and an overcomer, as someone who is a legal expert on this, talk to us about estate planning and share the five most important reasons why you think estate planning is important and why our overcomers should consider it. You know, estate planning has been a passion of mine, actually. Um, and, and a part of that may have started because uh, I lost my mom, I was 27, which I mean, I wasn't a kid, but you know, you're still, you're never ready to lose your parents. Mm -hmm. um, but that had a, had a big impact on me. And one of the things that it, it showed me is, is that planning is important and I, I cannot stress it enough. You know, you ask the question, share five reasons why planning is important. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm really going to narrow it down to two. Okay. Because there's lots of reasons. I mean, you know, it helps transfer title to property, it helps um, distribute assets, you know, 
tells people who's supposed to get what, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all great. But there are two reasons. And the primary reason, the number one reason, just, just stripping away everything else, is for the people you leave behind. When you take the steps to sign a will, when you take the steps to sign a directive to physicians, um, which what that does is, is it, it tells people what you want to have happen at the end of your life. Um, so if it allows you to make the decision, if, if you can't make the decision as to whether or not you want to be on life support, mm -hmm. it allows you to put on a piece of paper what your, what your wishes are. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes your family doesn't know because nobody wants to talk about this stuff. You know, it's, it's ironic because we're all going to face it, every right. single one of us, exactly. but we don't want to talk about it. And I think that part of it is, is that we know it's going to happen and yet we think maybe not. I, have, I can't tell you the number of clients that, that have come into my office and they've said, if something should happen to me. <laughs> something is going to happen. It's going to happen to every single one of us. And the best thing that we can do for our, our loved ones, our friends, our family, the people that we leave behind is to do the hard work, do that will, do those other documents. You know, another document I think that's really important is a medical power of attorney. Mm -hmm. um, and and that, gives, that gives someone the opportunity to help you in case in case you can't make a medical decision because, um, you know, as we grow older, things become more difficult. And so that person can step in and, and, and help you get the, get the care that you need. And some people are concerned that if they sign these documents, that, that they will, you know, that something will happen. Well, I've been practicing for over 40 years. I've never had somebody sign a will and then walk out and get hit by a car the next day. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, it's hard work. It's hard work. We don't want to do it, but it's something that, that, that has to be done. And I need to share something personal. So after I finished my, my chemo, I decided that I decided that I needed to take some steps personally because, you know, it's always the, the cobbler's children have no shoes, right? Mm -hmm. So I decided that I needed to take some steps personally. And one of the things that I did is I, I've always felt that, that I wanted to, at the end of my life, I wanted to be cremated. And so I took steps to put that plan in action. So that, that now all my girls have to do, and my husband, is pick up the phone. When that day comes, all they have to do is pick up the phone. And, you know, I think the will and everything is really important. But in some ways, I think what's even more important is for us to, to plan what we would like at the end of, at the end of our life. And and take care of some of that hard work because when when the day comes if those plans haven't been been made that's the first thing that your your friends and family have to deal with and losing someone is a hard it's a hard journey and what 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 I want 
people to do, what I advocate is that you try and make that journey easier by taking care of some of the work before that day ever comes. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just can't stress that enough. So the primary reason is to take care of those people that you've left behind. And the other reason is for you, because as we age, we know that there will be times that you're unable to take care of yourself. And by having these documents, these estate planning documents, such as a power of attorney, a, a medical power of attorney, a directive to physicians, you're able to, to take care of yourself by having other people help you and, and take care of you. And it's just really important that we get this done. Um, I had a, had a man who was in the hospital at the very beginning of COVID. They discovered that he had liver cancer and he was frantic because he didn't have a will. And you couldn't send anything in. You couldn't send paperwork to the mm -hmm. hospital. You mm -hmm. couldn't have witnesses, et cetera. And so I texted him a short statement that he could write in his own handwriting. And you know what was nice about that is it gave him peace. Right. And when, when I made those arrangements for cremation, I was really surprised at the amount of peace it gave me. Mm -hmm. and, and just do that for your family and do it for yourself. It, you know, you can do it online. I mean, you can pull these documents online. I mean, I prepare these documents all the time, but you can do it online. The only thing that I, I really want to impart is if you do it online and you print that document out, make sure that you sign it. That's number one, because it's amazing how many people will bring those documents to me and they were never signed. The second thing is, is make sure that you sign them properly. So, you know, if you need witnesses, make sure that you sign it in front of witnesses. Just, just get it done. Just do it. And, and more importantly is once you do do it, then tell somebody where that paperwork is. Mm -hmm. Because it, it doesn't do much good if you've done it and nobody knows where it is. Um, but just, just do the hard work. And I promise you it will... It, your family, they won't know it, but, but they, they'll appreciate it. They really will. Thank you, Lee. I, I love the way you broke this down for us and made it so simple for everyone listening to understand on what are some of the steps to, to take and also why we should take it and also sharing some personal stories and examples just made it so much real, at least for me. So thank you so much for that. Um, one quick question I had on this as I was listening to your um, expertise is, as we are planning future forward uh, for a day that's uh, yet to come, in your opinion, when or at what age or stage of life do you think that these things are best to be taken care of? Or would you have any recommendations as to when people should actually start looking and completing these documents and also making sure that someone um, in their family or immediate circle knows about this? Honestly, um, the most important time is when you have children. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's number one. But honestly, any time is a good time. I mean, I, I'm doing a probate of a, a very sad case. A young woman 
29 years old, um, passed away unexpectedly, not married, no children, no will. And so we're having to, to probate her estate as an intestate, which means without a will. And it's, it's more difficult. Um, you have to get witnesses, you have to have testimony. Um, so, and we're having to do this because, because her family can't get into her bank accounts. The, the banks won't let you in. Mm. Um, and if you own a piece of real estate, then there has to be a probate in order to pass title to that real estate. And it's so much easier if you have a will. And as I said, it can be, if, as long as it's in your own handwriting, it can be written on a piece of paper. Um, you may not have all the magic words, but, but if you can put something down, it just makes it so much, it just makes it so much simpler. So, you know, quite frankly, once you're an adult, if you have a bank account or you have anything, you either need to make sure that you have someone else on those bank accounts as a signatory so that they can go in. Um, or you, you know, you do the you do the hard work, you get the paperwork. The other thing I want to share is that it's really important that if you use if, if you have accounts online, et cetera, that someone knows your password. Mm -hmm. When COVID broke out um, and after it had been with us for a while, I sat down and I redid my, my personal will and all my documents. I did them for my husband. I did them for my dad, um, <clears throat> my kids. I did them all. And part of what I did is I also made sure that like I, I use a uh, password manager. I made sure that I had the code written down, you know, the password written down for, for that, to get into my computer, to get into my phone. I mean, that stuff is really important. It's also important that, that your family knows not only where your paperwork is, your estate planning paperwork is, but also know where your, where your assets are. Um, when my mother passed away, I mean, it was not a surprise. She'd been battling cancer for, for eight years, but even though it wasn't a total surprise, it's always sort of a surprise. And mm -hmm. one of the first things I did after she passed away is that, that my mom liked this little shop boutique near our house and she would put clothes on layaway. And I went over there and to check and see if, if she had anything, because it was real special to me because that was something that she, that she picked out. I also went to the dry cleaners. You know, I, there, there are things that we know and things that we don't know. I knew about those things. My younger brother had no clue. Mm -hmm. And my dad, you know, my dad didn't really either because she took care of those. So make sure that you sit down and you, you, you make a list, you know, what bank do you use? Um, Maybe even what cleaners do you use if, if there's no one else in your family that knows that? Because it's, it's not that you're necessarily going to, going to use those items. But I know for me personally, it was so important to me that I finish, you know, I finish what, what my mom was doing mm -hmm. um, at the time. And, and even, I mean, she's been gone 35, almost 35 years, I guess. And it's still, 
you know, it's something that that is it's still important to me. So just make sure that that people know where that paperwork is, know where the information is for your online access. You know, think about Facebook, think about about all this social media that you have accounts for. You need to make sure that somebody has that info so that they can take care of it. Thank you, Lee. That was uh, planning to the T. And it is so important that we all understand and recognize the importance of, uh, of planning in life and also um, the estate planning that you talked about. Now, I'm going to switch this just a little bit. So speaking of planning uh, in life or in cancer, can you share an experience or situations where things did not go as planned? And how did you overcome? Well, of course, I didn't plan for ovarian cancer. Um, That's right. I thought maybe I'd get breast cancer, but I didn't plan for ovarian. But, but of course, we never really planned for cancer. But what was difficult for me is that I was a solo practitioner. I'd been a solo practitioner for 20 plus years at the time I was, I was diagnosed. And I was what I call a solo solo. And what I mean by that is I didn't have staff. Mm -hmm. um, with the technology that we have, it is so, so much easier to get things done. Um, when I was a young lawyer, I was the first person in, in the law firm to have my own computer. And so I've always, I've always used technology. I, I know just enough to be dangerous, <laughs> but, um, that was really hard because since I was by myself, um, I was the only one that could do the work or that was doing the work. And I didn't necessarily want my clients to know what I was going through because I was afraid that I would lose them. Mm -hmm. And I did end up losing some, a couple, um, but I figure I would have lost them at some point anyway. Some of the people that I did talk to, they were so supportive. And uh, some of them, since sharing that journey, we've become good friends. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I'm not a real optimistic person, but I try, <laughs> I try really hard to look at the good. And so, you know, I sort of think that, that, that dealing with this, um, with ovarian cancer, it, it's done some good things for me. You know, first of all, I started on my bucket list. Um, and secondly, you, you've, find out who your friends really are and you you find out what's important to you mm -hmm. and so you know it was hard it was hard but uh, but um I got through it and um I I am building my practice back um to to replace those people that I lost um but I'm much happier and you know it it's it's like they always say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> right. And I, I feel that I'm definitely stronger. That's that's fantastic. And as you know, as we all know, and as you said, life is a bit of planning, a bit of not planning, but it is all about 100% overcoming, right? So that's Absolutely. fabulous. So on this note, um, Lee, as we close out, what message of uh, overcoming would you have for all our listeners listening today? My message would be is that as you're going through your journey, just keep in mind that that the the end is in sight. And I know that some of us have a much more difficult journey than others. And 
you know, every day is, is a different day and some days are obviously better than others. But all I can say is try and find some good in what you're going through. Um, it, it, some days it's hard and some days it's easy, but try and find good from that casserole that a friend brought over to someone giving you a hug or a smile. Um, just, just look for the good if you can. And it, it helps in the end. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Lee, for sharing your inspiration, your knowledge, and your spirit of overcoming with all of our listeners and followers and friends today. This was, uh, this was amazing to have this chat with you and to learn more about your expertise and also how you have overcome in life and how you continue to do that with all your courage and your inspiration. So thank you for, for joining us today. And um, for, you know, this was this was incredible for me and i'm pretty sure for all the listeners to to understand and to learn about your courageous journey of overcoming and so and thank you also for sharing your legal expertise with us and our, our listeners so um thank you friends and for for you know giving us your time and attention i feel that for all of those um, that are listening today this message is for you is um i i sincerely thank you for giving us your focus your attention because those are the most precious gifts of all and so we will be back with the next episode of connect over coffee very soon so tell a friend about this uh marvelous episode that we that we just aired today and share this podcast far and wide with any overcomers or friends or family members that may benefit from it from the great information that uh, Lee just shared with us so we'll talk to you again in two weeks until then keep overcoming and together we can overcome thank you and bye thank you thank you for joining us make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now This podcast is made possible by our sponsors, GSK and Clovis Oncology, and by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. Cheers to overcoming.